Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day you're in, I sure do appreciate you joining me, giving me a little bit of your time. I know y'all have other things that you could be doing, so I appreciate it. I'm grateful for it. And I'll, I'll try and use it wisely. Hopefully it gets you through a little bit of your day. Adds to your toolbox a little bit. And hopefully it helps our country. Just a little bit. And maybe it'll give you something to sit around the dining room table and listen to in the evening with the family. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you and your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the men and women who have gone before us, who have set such a good example for us, who have showed us what it means to sacrifice. what it means to love our neighbors, ourself, what it means to love our country. Guide us in all that we do. Help us to trust in you. Forgive us our sins and be with our country. Help it to turn back to you, Lord. Help us to turn it back to you. And God, my words here today, in your son's name we pray. Amen. You may have noticed a little background noise. You may notice a little today. I've done something magical with my headphones, earbuds, whatever you want to call them. Uh, And so... (laughs) That magical thing, if it makes you laugh, I can recommend not doing it, by the way, is forgetting that they are in one of your pants pockets and putting them in the washing machine. They don't tend to work very well afterwards. So hopefully we'll get them fixed or get a new pair or something rather quickly. At any rate... We'll get going. I don't really have a whole lot on the homestead other than it's just still hot and dry. So we're going to go back into Noah Webster and spend some more time with him today. I'm going to go back to three quotes of his that we read yesterday. Just because they're so great. Uh, You remember Webster is considered the schoolmaster of America. And this is really pertinent because our education system is in such dire straits today. And there's a lot of reasons that people claim. And there's a lot of problems that you can outline and identify, especially if you have taught at all 
But the problem is that we, we don't want to go back to the main problem. I had a pastor that actually have a pastor that says often the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. And you can sit there and think about that for just a second. If you need to, we are not keeping the main thing in focus. So Webster, again, just from yesterday or the day before, education is useless without the Bible. And the Bible was America's basic textbook in all fields. And then God's word contained in the Bible has furnished all the necessary rules to direct our conduct. And so this was a guy that was very instrumental in education very inventive, hardworking, uh, just phenomenal character when it comes to education. And, and he's telling us that if we don't have the Bible, right, if that's not the core of our education, the basic textbook in all fields, it's useless. And so when we see all these problems that we have today, and, and if you don't know Find somebody that you trust that's in education today. Talk to a teacher or a counselor, principal, administrator of some kind, coach, whose opinion you trust outside of education, right? And then ask them what's going on in education today. And maybe we'll do a podcast coming up on some of the things that are really causing problems. Because it's pretty drastic, but we're gonna we're gonna keep going here for today. I'm tempted to stop and do that, but uh, as always, or often, uh, resources: God and Country, Encyclopedia of Quotation, Founders Bible, Patriots Bible. <clears throat> you can find these a number of places, but they're sourced pretty well here, so you can go follow those sources and figure out where this stuff came from. In 1828, Webster completed his 26-year project of writing an American dictionary of the English language with pronouncing vocabularies of scripture, classical, and geographical names. Had 70,000 entries, 12,000 new definitions. For the first time in English-speaking history, English vocabulary words had a standardized spelling. At the beginning of this, in the preface, Webster wrote, In my view, the Christian religion is the most important and one of the first things in which all children under a free government ought to be instructed. No truth is more evident to my mind than that the Christian religion must be the basis of any government intended to secure the rights and privileges of a free people. We go back often on this podcast, uh, and I don't have the Bible verse in front of me, so I'm going to paraphrase just slightly, forgive me. But it says, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, there's liberty. You can't have freedom and liberty without God. History shows this to be true. 
And our founders knew it to be true. You go back to the quote from Justice Joseph's story talking about, there's no way that our founding government was set up to be indifferent toward Christianity because of how much the founders revered Christianity. You know, we listen to people that talk a lot today, give you their opinions. They have all this alphabet soup next to their name, and it's supposed to tell you what an expert they are in the field, whatever their field is. Sometimes it's true. It used to be more true than it is today. Because if you don't have morality, you can be really good, an expert in a field, but that doesn't mean that people can trust you. And and sadly, that's where we've gotten to a lot today because you have people that know a lot, they have a lot of knowledge, but more or less they're willing to sell themselves to the highest bidder. And that's not always financial, folks. Often, in fact, it's ideological instead of searching for the truth. But when you reject Christ, who is truth, right, in education, military, law enforcement, firefighters, law, courtrooms, it never works out well. And you can see what a disaster that idea of just trusting people because they're quote-unquote experts. You look at the Supreme Court decisions of Roe v. Wade for abortion, or the uh, Mobile case from Alabama uh, in 83 that went back and talked briefly about the 19, well, talked in general about the Supreme Court decisions kicking God out of education, identifying the fact that those judges erred in their understanding of history. They didn't have a clue. Or they did, and they chose to ignore it. Webster here saying, the very first thing, the most important thing, maybe not the first thing, but the most important thing, and one of the first things that children in a free society ought to be instructed in, is Christianity. And it's the most evident truth that that religion, Christianity, those principles of Christ, have to be the basis of any government intended to secure the rights and privileges of a free people. And you see that historically. You see it today. Every time a country goes away from God and becomes more and more secular, communist, socialist, Europe, today, often, sadly, a lot of the socialism that you see there, uh, you can watch the history of Britain off and on over the 20th century, you really see it when you start to look at Maoist China, Stalinist Russia, Venezuela, Cuba, Iran, North Korea, right? Actually, maybe you see it most here in America where we had freedom and liberty and we were tied as a Christian nation to those Christian beliefs. And now that we've gone away from them, We're losing our freedom and our liberty. So maybe, maybe best of all, you see it here and we're just giving it away. You can't have freedom 
without God and Jesus Christ. To that great and benevolent being, who, during the preparation of this work, has sustained a feeble constitution amidst obstacles and trials or toils, disappointments, infirmities, and depression, who has borne me and my manuscripts in safety across the Atlantic and given me strength and resolution to bring the work to a close, I would present the tribute of my most grateful acknowledgments. And if the talent which he entrusted to my care has not been put to the most profitable use in his service, I hope it has not been kept laid up in a napkin, and that any misapplication of it may be graciously forgiven. New Haven, Newell Webster. Reference there to the uh, kept laid up in a napkin as the story of the parable that Jesus told of the talents and he gave. I think it's different in different gospels maybe, but he gave five or ten to one and they doubled it, right? And he gave it five or ten to another and they doubled it. And then he gave one to one servant and they hid it, didn't do anything with it. Talking about money. And of course, the application to our lives is we've been given different abilities and we have a responsibility to be good stewards of those abilities. This haunts me often. This sounds like an arrogant statement. I hope that it's not. I definitely don't mean it to be. But I often wonder how much more I should have contributed to society based on the blessings that I've been given. And so I understand Webster's comments here at the beginning of his dictionary, you know, worked for, what did it say, 26 years on this project. He's saying, I I hope I made a really good use of the talents that God gave me, and I certainly didn't try and hide them and waste them. And if I didn't do a great job with them, please forgive me. Sounds like a pretty good example there to follow. Eighteen twenty eight edition of the American Dictionary had a great amount of Holy Scripture, would use verses from Old and New Testaments. The definition of the word faith had the following sentences. Being justified by faith, Romans 5. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, Hebrews 11. For we walk by faith, not by sight, 2 Corinthians 5. With the heart, man believeth to righteousness, Romans 10. Your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world, Romans 1. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God, Romans 14. Children in whom is no faith, Deuteronomy 32. Definition of the word property. 
is given as the exclusive right of possessing, enjoying, and disposing of a thing. Ownership. In the beginning of the world, the Creator gave man dominion over the earth, over the fish of the sea, and the fowls of the air, and over every living thing. This is the foundation of man's property in the earth and all its productions. The labor of inventing, making, or producing anything constitutes one of the highest titles to property. It is one of the greatest blessings of civil society that the property of citizens is well secured. Didn't realize how far we went over, folks. I apologize. That last point, pretty phenomenal when you start to think about the fact that, for example, in America now, you don't really own anything almost anymore. In fact, you really don't, particularly your own property. The second you don't pay taxes on your house or your land, the government is going to take it back. And so you are, in effect, just renting your land, your property, your house, your family's house from the government. And that was never the way that it was intended. And that is a very good indication of how far from freedom we have come. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless your marriages. God bless America. Hope y'all have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.